एज वेमेन हॉर्मोनल हेल्थ इसकी टू ऑल हेल्थ आई एम श्योर यू बीन इन स्पेस सेवरल टाइम्स ओवर द ईयर्स वेर यू हैव फेल्ट दैट योर हॉर्मोन्स कुड बी बेटर आई नो एज वेमेन दैट फॉर मी स्लीप एंड हॉर्मोन्स हैव शेयर एन इंटीमेट कनेक्शन देर हैव बीन very specific phases in my cycle where i've struggled with poor sleep i'm sure you can relate to that but you and i might be unique in what and when that occurs in today's episode we will answer three questions what are the phases in the menstrual cycle where sleep can be disrupted how does poor sleep wreck women's hormones can you have hormonal imbalance and poor sleep even if you have a regular cycle sleep and hormones have a connection that also impacts our ability to lose weight i wanted to explore this topic with my guest today dr beth westy dr beth is the author of the best selling book the female fat solution the creator of the 12 week female hormone solution the eat for your cycle method and the host of the female health solution podcast she has made it her mission to change the way women view their health let's get started Hey everyone I'm Deepa Light Functional Medicine practitioner author and yogini and you're listening to the Sleep Whisperer podcast the only sleep podcast with conversations and meditations I'm on a mission to share profoundly insightful sleep conversations with global visionaries that merge together functional medicine and ancient wisdom Breathe in bliss through weekly guided meditations and let yourself enter the land of dreams. Together, let's unravel the pieces, get to the roots and understand the right tools to transform your sleep completely. Through this podcast, I want you to dream the best version of yourself. It's time to regain hope and begin your sleep journey. Dr. Beth, pleasure to have you on the show talking about sleep and hormones. And uh, I know that you have a best-selling book, The Female Fat Solution. And I really wanted us to talk a little bit also in this context. I'm sure women are always curious, what's the link between weight loss, sleep and hormones? And I think we must dissect that a little bit in the beginning. But what got you into the specialization of hormones? Of course, it's a fascinating area and there's never enough that we know we're always learning something new but what was your journey yeah oh that is a great question yes um well first thank you for having me this is i always love you know talking about this stuff and just promoting more about women's health and educating is and and my journey you know got started because of issues i was having like so many other gals out there it was you know and i 
um, really struggled with my hormones. This was after I had my third baby and I was already in practice, right? So I had a clinic and I was working, right? I'm, I am a, <laughs> a working doctor at this point. And I started struggling with my hormones and I was asking all my friends and I was saying, oh, I'm you know, having these ovarian cysts and they would burst every month and they would be so painful that they would just put me on the floor. Ooh. And I, yeah, bad, for those of you that have had a cyst that bursts, you know what I'm talking like, it's like, you're fine one minute. And all of a sudden it's like the stabbing pain and then I'm on the floor. And I suffered with that every month for a year and a half. And at one point, my husband <laughs> was like, there's like, you need to go to the hospital. And I was like, they're not going to do Um, and how, you know, uh, women's health is run <laughs> for us here in the U S and he finally, like one day he put me in the car. I couldn't even get in the car. He put me in the car, drove me to the ER and the ER doctor was like, yep, it's a cyst. And I was like, yeah, thank you, captain. Obvious. Like, I, I know it's a cyst. And he was like, here's your birth control. And here's your Vicodin. Like, that's what you're going to have to be on for life. And I was like, that's, that's not okay for me. I, I don't want to be doped up all day. I've got three babies to take care of. I've got a business to run. Of, you know, and I, and I don't want to be in birth control forever. And that's so often the story that women are, are telling themselves because that's all the answer that we're given. And I was like, what else can I do? What else can I dive into? I'm eating super clean. You know, I'm not eating any sugar. I'm not eating any bad foods. I'm eating super, super healthy. I'm taking these supplements. I just don't understand why this is happening. And for me, what it came down to through like hormone testing and then diving into Eastern medicine, because I'm so acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And so when I started diving into that aspect of it, um, I was like, we're not the, like the Western world, Western medicine does not deal with women's health in the same way that a lot of other health practices do, right? We have different bodies throughout the month. We have four different bodies throughout the month. And there was no way that any of that was being acknowledged or, or cared for. And the stress that I was under really created this hormonal imbalance and no one was take things to cover it up. So I dove into research. I started doing eat for your hormones and cycle myself. I started working with my patients on it, just like handwriting things on little pieces of paper and be like, eat these things for this week and then come back next week. And it just started to take off from there. And, um, you know, I, I, and then at about, uh, seven years ago, I sold my clinic, uh, to jump into writing and speaking and doing what I do now. And I, I absolutely love what I do and love promoting this message, but there's so many things women can do to take back their health. So I know, and that was I, not can't short story. I, can't, I know, but I can't imagine. <laughs> and I still know that when you said the painkillers, I mean, it's such a part of so many women's lives that when you tell them the repercussions of taking these long term, it's almost as if they're looking at you like your cuckoo rather than someone who's been telling them to take this forever. And it's baffling to me to uh, try and educate on this subject of how the painkillers themselves cause such level of inflammation, further fueling pain and um, breeding these conditions like cysts and fibroids and it's alarming. Uh, but I know that let's, I do want us to talk a little bit about 
um, weight loss and how sleep and hormones intersect. So how poor sleep contributes to uh, irregularities in hormone balance and how when we are having these volatile swinging hormones which are not ebbing and flowing through our cycle sleep just I mean there are phases in the cycle where you are just buzzing and sitting up all night it's ridiculous and how does this intersection contribute to our ability to lose weight yeah Ooh, this is such a good question yeah so one of the biggest things that I feel like we're misled on with our hormones in general is that our female hormones, estrogen and progesterone, they counterbalance each other throughout the month, but it's like, we're told that estrogen and progesterone are their own little thing. And none of our other hormones really impact that, which is totally untrue, right? Melatonin, uh, which is produced, you know, cortisol. And those are the two things that actually regulate your circadian rhythms. Cortisol should be more active during the day and then melatonin at night. And that's what helps you sleep. And so if you are too stressed, if you are agitated, if, and then and we'll, I'll kind of get into that, how that changes with your hormonal cycle too. Um, but if you have a lot of stress and it, it doesn't matter where the stress comes from. It can come from work. It could come from kids. It can come from family. It can come from friends. It can come from whatever, right? Over-exercising and not eating enough is also another stressor. It will cause your cortisol levels to react, which then will impact your melatonin production and your ability to get to sleep and stay asleep. So you get this feeling of like, gosh, I'm so tired, but I'm wired. So you just use the word buzzed, like... Oh, I'm so tired. Like my body's exhausted, but my brain won't calm down and I can't get to bed. Oh, it's really frustrating. Right. I just describe, I used to describe it to my husband and way back when I felt like that, that it's almost as if there's adrenaline buzzing at my fingertips. I could feel it in my fingertips. Yes. Yes. That's, ex that's exactly it. This, uh, and your adrenals and they play a big role in your other like neurotransmitter levels, like dopamine, norepinephrine, epinephrine, which is your adrenaline response. And I can't tell you how often I see those things be thrown of the stress response in the body. And then the, the thing about this, that's so hard is that this isn't something that you can just work harder at. Let me work harder to sleep. It's like, you're supposed to relax to sleep, <laughs> but your body won't let you wind down. And then when we look at different phases of the cycle, when progesterone rises in that second, uh, couple of weeks in the cycle, you know, and, and that should be again, the counterbalance to estrogen, but when progesterone rises, it should help you relax sleep more, get more rest, all of that stuff. But if you do not have a good balance of progesterone and estrogen, it's actually harder to sleep at certain. So women will often say, oh my gosh, like, like a week before my period starts or a week before my cycle starts, I cannot get to sleep. I sleep like garbage. I wake up and I'm not rested and all these other things. What's wrong with me? It's related to your cortisols and adrenal actually help you sleep. Okay. So, so Dr. Beth, you were describing, yes, and I can so relate when you said that progesterone release in the luteal phase towards uh, the second half of our phases, when we 
typically should be sleeping better, but we don't, we don't have that balance. And then um, I also think that progesterone raises core body temperature. So certain body types struggle a little bit in that phase and then they just can't wind down because the temperature elevation allows them to not fall asleep. But um, I do want us to talk a little bit about how, um, what are the typical phases in the cycle? So is it just that premenstrual? For me, it's also, for me, more than premenstrual, it used to be when I'm ovulating that LH spike or something which would throw me off completely. I just not be able to fall asleep. So maybe you could define for us when we go through the entire cycle, what are the pockets where we typically could have sleep challenges? Yeah, yeah, this is a great question. So the the start of your cycle, right, is, you know, day one, first day of bleeding. And for the first three days of that cycle, actually, um, is actually the lowest progesterone or at their lowest. And then after that, after about four or five days, estrogen starts to rise and increase. And as it starts to rise and increase, <clears throat> Usually we notice an improvement in sleep an improvement in energy. Estrogen's also better at handling stress and things like that. We'll also have an improvement in digestion and your digestion and liver uh, process also plays a huge role in how your body manages hormones. There is a drastic shift, drastic shift of estrogen to progesterone. So it's almost like you get hit by a hormone truck. <laughs> So there are a lot of women that really struggle at that time, you know, with ovulation and they're like, gosh, I was just doing so good a few days ago. Why all of a sudden, boom, I ovulate and I just get thrown off the train here because that estrogen should drop and progesterone should rise. And if your liver is struggling to process through those, it does not feel good. Yeah. And then progesterone actually rises and it's at its peak a few days later, around day 20 ish, 23. And then it starts to decline all through the fourth week. And then right up until where your cycle starts, where again, both of those hormones should be at their lowest should be. Yeah. Let's talk about it the other way around as well. So when some a woman is struggling with sleep and maybe not just in phases of the cycle, but having perpetuating insomnia, not able to fall asleep and going on and on in this manner, what's that doing to her cycle itself? How is it wrecking the hormones? Oh, this is a great question. So if somebody has like that constant insomnia, their, their circadian rhythms are totally thrown off and it doesn't allow your brain to really, um, repair things that it should repair and have makes everything 10 times harder. If you're not sleeping, like that's, that's one of my favorite things that I hear women say when they start to sleep better, they're like, Oh my gosh, like literally everything feels better because I'm sleeping better. And I'm like, yeah, of course it does, because now your brain is functioning better. Your organs are functioning better because they're getting the right signals and it helps just regulate your hormones. So if you're not sleeping well, I mean, and this is hard too. you know, uh, you know, if you've had kids, you know, I mean, <laughs> having a baby, you don't sleep very much for a while. Right. Yeah. But if you are, yeah, you just, and this is the way it goes, but you can tell like that 
when the baby starts to sleep, just how different you feel. And then so many gals will notice, oh my gosh, my cycle is more regulated. I have way less issues all because the baby's sleeping more. Yep. It plays a huge, huge role in that. The other thing that you had mentioned was, um, weight loss, you know, and metabolism associated with this. And that's one of the huge key things too, is that your stress response, your stress metabolism, meaning if you have a lot of stress and you are not sleeping, you can struggle, you can do all the right things um, at the gym, you can have the best trainer, you can be eating all the best foods and all this stuff, and it's not gonna make a difference because your metabolism is not actually going to work better if you're not sleeping and if you're too stressed. It's very frustrating. <laughs> but oh my God, so, so true because you see so many women trying to push themselves in the gym, 100 squats and 500 sit-ups and then they're not, they can't sleep either when they're working out so much. It's just impossible to fall asleep and then they're wondering why they have and then they blame genetics they blame something else. And sometimes it's as simple as really bringing minute attention back to your sleep. And I must ask you, Dr. Beth, because recently I was speaking with a patient of mine and uh, she said, I never knew I had hormone issues. I mean, we tested her hormones and found that estrogen progesterone balance was dysregulated. And she said, but I was having a cycle every 28 days. Um, I didn't think I had hormonal issues. So break down for us, what are the symptoms that women can see that perhaps they're sleeping poorly, it's impacting their hormones. Maybe they're still getting a cycle every 28 days but that is no way an indication that you have great hormones so talk to us about what are the symptoms women can experience when they have this chaotic sleep and fluctuating hormones yeah oh great question and the the regulated cycle like some gals are like yeah i am spot on 28 days i guess my hormones are okay yeah not necessarily you may just be ovulating regularly that true, but if you have heavy cycles, lots of pain, lots of mood swings, if you have hair loss on your head, acne, a lot of gals will get acne on their jawline that creeps up into their cheeks, um, facial hair having, oh, there was somebody I talked to. She was like, yeah, I've had laser on my chin hairs four times, four times. Cause the chin hairs kept growing back. That's not the lace. That's not something wrong with the laser. It's her hormones that are keep bringing it back. And then there's the fatigue inability to gain muscle inability to lose weight. And then that constant weight gain. Those are all signs and signals that your hormones are off. Yeah. And most of those correlate also to just having chaotic sleep itself. I mean, insomnia itself is such a huge symptom of uh, fluctuating hormones. But let's talk a little bit since we're almost out of time for this episode, but I'd love to have you back for another one. But what can we generally do to improve hormonal health and bet? I mean, just so that we improve our sleep, where do we begin? If this bidirectional axis is going on where poor sleep is contributing to fluctuating hormones and hormonal fluctuations are messing up your sleep at different phases, where do we begin? 
where do we poke our hand and start the work? Yes, great question. Yes. So with this type of a thing, um, a lot of times gals with hormone issues, they're already eating really well. So you're not eating a lot of garbage, not eating a lot of processed foods. Great. Um, making sure you're taking care of your overall health. Your dental health is a big deal. Making sure you're brushing, flossing, all of those things that actually does help your digestive system work better. And then making sure you're supporting your liver, making sure you're supporting your liver and your liver function better. Um, and then there's other foods as well. You know, and I talk about eating for your hormones in your cycle, eating, warming and cooling and things like that. But in general, there's some foods that are really great for your liver, cruciferous vegetables, you know, broccoli, uh, broccoli sprouts, cauliflower, Brussels, Brussels sprouts, and then like raw carrots and berries. Very, very good for your body's ability to process these hormones better. So just kind of being conscious of that, adding those in. And then one of my favorite things. seed cycling. Yeah. That helps a ton to, to just get your system to be on a regular pattern over and over again, you know, doing uh, pumpkin and flax seed during days one through 14, and then sesame and sunflower seeds days 15 through 28. Yeah. And before we conclude this episode, Beth, just to tell us what is a great hormonal sleep supportive plate? How do you balance the food on your plate? Oh, yeah. Um, well, the, the first thing that I find that women are not getting enough of is protein. That Ooh, is one of the, this is a conversation that I'm going over and over so many times because there's a world of difference between what people think is adequate and what is optimal and it, it, I just have to keep trying to reiterate that there's a huge world of difference between what you think is adequate and what you need to thrive yes yes absolutely the and and here in the U.S. it's actually pretty terrible sometimes just oh, with uh the, like they'll have um you know, restaurant menus were like, Oh, this is a meal. And I'm like, that's not a meal. There's no protein in it. Like we're not teaching women that we need this much protein and that we need this type of energy to fuel our bodies. But if you aren't pro and eating enough protein, you're really missing out. And there's no other way to make up for it. If you're not getting enough protein. So I always talk about getting enough protein and then getting some carbohydrate because eating carbohydrate with protein, you actually absorb the protein better. And then making sure you're getting enough healthy fats too. Um, there's a lot of gals that I work with and chat with that are, you know, in perimenopause, menopause. And when we grew up in the era of fat is bad, don't eat fat. So we're terrified to eat fat, but it's, it's kind of relearning that, you know, eating healthy fats is, is really good for you and good for your hormonal balance too. And I must tell you, Dr. Beth, that just recently my mom was telling me about a group um, where she had been a part of and they were talking very proudly about meals they were cooking with zero fat. And they were talking about sauteing things with zero fat, mustard seeds popping on a dry pan. And my 
flag went up, my antenna went up, everything that could have gone up started peaking as to, oh my God, that is so dangerous. And not just for hormones, for our brain health later on. But when you said that we come from this generation where we thought fat was bad, I feel there's a whole generation starting right now which thinks that low fat and no fat is good. And this is an alarming trend as well. Yes, 100% agree. 100% agree. Oh, it's low fat. I can eat more of it. No, it's nutrient deficient is nutrient deficient. We are overfed and undernourished by these foods overfed and undernourished that it's, it's not going to help your body function better. And that's the one thing that I, I feel like we forget that eating food is supposed to help your body function better. And if you're not eating food that Once you have the function happen, then you're going to feel way better, hands down. Beautiful, Dr. Beth. And I think I want to definitely have you back because I want us to go through the phases of the cycle and how we just gave a little peek into where the sleep fluctuations happen, but we must go have another episode where we go a little more defined into the four cycles and how do we eat through that. So we'll have you back for that, but where can people find you? Where can they read your book? Yeah. Yeah. So I am on uh, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, as Dr. Beth Westy, my podcast is called the female health solution. And then my website is also just Dr. Beth Westy. So I have people that will send me an email or send me a message on social media, just wherever you're at. I, I am there on social media. So send me, send me a message if you've got questions. Great. Thank you for your time, Dr. Beth, and pleasure having you on the show today. Yeah, thank you so much. In this episode, Dr. Beth took us through the different phases of the menstrual cycle and how sleep and hormones intersect with each other. Let me share my perspective to end the show. During the menstrual phase, there is a drop in estrogen and progesterone that can trigger sleep challenges. It can also make you feel less revived even if you seem to sleep. The reduction in iron levels can also be impactful on sleep, triggering some sleep issues such as restless leg syndrome, migraines and chronic fatigue. If you are generally sensitive to hormonal shifts, then this phase can be a major trigger for poor sleep. Menstruation is also a vata phase in Ayurveda and any vata imbalance can trigger poor sleep. While there are popular beliefs of eating keto during this phase, I suggest keeping it easy on digestion with balanced meals that are warm and cooked versus cold and raw. Vata phase leads to weakening of Agni, the digestive fire, and keeping things light on digestion and countering the cold and dry quality of Vata is very helpful. Drink a warming herbal tea with some fresh ginger, cumin and coriander and help yourself to calm Vata down for better sleep.
have a great day Hi everyone I hope you enjoyed the show today just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only it is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional this information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services if you are looking for personal help on your health journey do seek out a qualified professional please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional it is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com It is important that you have someone who is qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care especially when it comes to chronic health condition Be sure to subscribe to the Sleep Whisperer podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches.
Hi everyone I hope you enjoyed the show today just a reminder that this podcast is for information purposes only it is not a substitute for professional care by a doctor or otherwise qualified health professional this information is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or the professional advice or services if you are looking for personal help on your health journey do seek out a qualified professional please do make your own healthcare decisions based upon your research and in partnership with a qualified healthcare professional it is in no way intended as medical advice or a treatment or cure for any condition be sure to always directly work with a qualified practitioner before making any changes to your diet or lifestyle that may feel out of your realm of comfort or understanding If you are looking for an allied functional medicine practitioner do seek out more information on www.phytothrive.com It is important that you have someone who's qualified and understands your health personally in order to provide adequate care especially when it comes to chronic health condition Be sure to subscribe to the Sleep Whisperer podcast on your favorite podcast app to get each episode as soon as it launches.